welcome to episode number seven. Hello, and welcome. To- <laughs> number 17. Yeah, exactly. Guess we're not ready yet. Hello, and welcome to episode number 80 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your host. I'm Chris Hansen, who can't talk. Got my co-host with me this afternoon, Mr. Chris Lamb. Hello, everyone. 80, huh? Yeah, we're there. And, you know, yeah, our, our, at the rate we're going, it's about uh, 10 a year. Uh, yeah, 10 so a week. 80, 80 is significant. We're like a Vegas show. We take the month of December off because yeah. <clears throat> we're, you know, this is so much work to have to record these things once a month. Um, if it's your first time listening, normally we would go to, we would go into an intro and describe the two of us. We're going to just try it differently today just to make number 80 a little bit different. Um, so a couple of quick shout outs to start off, by the way, let me give you a little quick intro. If it is your first time, uh, Chris and I both hit freedom through the stock market. We did it. Uh, sorry. We both hit freedom via the stock market. Um, Chris has, neither one of us has worked for Chris has been out of work for almost 10 years, about out of work for almost 20. So we sure in the hell don't know what we're talking about because we haven't been employed for so very, very long. But did you get any stimulus checks being unemployed? <laughs> no. No, no, I didn't either. <laughs> so oh. something about living off the grid, I guess. No, there was an article that uh, wrote, if you got your uh, stimulus checks, I think there was three that there were three that were handed out, I guess, uh, from last year to this year. Okay. I forgot the number. It was like, I think it was six twelve hundred. And then six hundred and fourteen hundred. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. Um, and so they said if you if you took your stimulus check and just went and bought Dogecoin, <laughs> you would have more than half a million dollars today. <laughs> so that's gonna be our topic. Here's why you should have done all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> So we'll just kind of jump into stuff. Um, before I do, a couple of quick shout outs. So you may hear some background noise because <clears throat> Chris has a new addition to the family that he's coming up on a, uh, he's been on for almost one quarter. So he's coming up on a 90 day birthday here. So you may hear a little bit of a wah, wah in the background. Celebra- that's a celebration. Uh, yeah, exactly. So he's, he's singing happy birthday to himself. <clears throat> Another one that's a shout out that's pretty cool. I meant to do this a couple months ago. There's a guy, I won't name where he lives, but he lives in a resort town that is outside of Denver, or in the I should say in the mountains of Colorado, because I don't really know where it is that he lives. But, you know, think of like a Vale, Aspen, Breckenridge, Telluride, something like that. Um, In the last year, what he did was he went out and he started a new business. He and his pregnant wife both got COVID. Um, They've got a new baby. And so he's going through all this and he's trading in the stock market and still spending all the time doing the daily charts regardless. And heard from a friend of a friend as he was going through this. While he was sitting in the hospital with the newborn there, he was sitting (laughs) doing the stock homework and listening to Mr. Lamb go through a webinar late one night uh, doing some of the stuff we do in teaching a stock class. So. I won't name you. You know who you are. I meant to do it a couple months ago. My apologies, but two points for that. That is, uh, I love hearing those kind of stick to it, intuitiveness attitudes. So thanks for that and keep it up. The other thing, <clears throat> heard a very interesting story just in the last few weeks. Um, and this is more of a, to give you an idea how serious this stuff can be. The purpose of the show is to talk about the how to think with, as it relates to investing. Um, was speaking to this guy, and 
a few years, he owns a number of retail stores, like liquor stores and that. <clears throat> and I won't name the city, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhere in the Midwest. Let's just go with that. But <clears throat> in, pardon me for clearing my throat, <clears throat> in working at his retail establishment, a robber came in and literally cut his throat. Um, apparently died on the operating table three times, was able to survive, came through it, is doing fine now, still owns these couple of retail establishments, but realized that he needs to learn to make his money work and understands the risk in the type of business that he's in. So I love that kind of, I hate to hear that he went through that, but I love that hearing that type of attitude. And <clears throat> what you want to think of in whatever business you want to pursue, we speak about it from the investing side. The investing side has the risk of losing, excuse me, um, I guess people would say the most important thing is your money, but it's really not. But there is great risk of losing your money. The greater risk is losing your confidence. And so you have to have one to be able to get the other. <clears throat> but you want to keep in mind any endeavor that you want to pursue, whether it's stock, real estate, opening up a retail establishment, whatever it may be. Take a look at the risks that you're facing. It is, if it's, it is not worth getting your throat cut, right? Life is too precious. So just kind of keep that in mind. I just When he said that, I was talking to him. I was literally going for a walk on the beach as he shared that. And it just when we hung up, I reflected on that over the next you know half hour that I was walking along. And it really helped put things into perspective. So something to think about. <clears throat> the- Has you heard about the part where, uh, you know, when we describe to people and, and, and when you want it, when you trade, you want to picture the knife being at the throat of your loved ones? It just I, I did not raise that with okay. him, uh, but now yeah, he has heard the story. He, eventually, he will hear about it, and uh, <clears throat> yep. it would it would you know it would resonate with him completely differently uh, than uh, you know anybody else, right? And the the method that, or the mindset that Chris is talking about. Full disclosure: I teach a class on trading. If you're interested, go to the the website for the podcast. You can click around and find it. One of the things that um, we learned, Chris and I both learned a long, long time ago was the way when you are managing money, when you're doing a trade in the stock market, we don't take 50, we don't flip a coin and decide whether or not to take a trade. We're very rigid in what we're looking for in our criteria. And the thinking on it is to put the degree of severity and seriousness to it is if somebody held a knife to your throat or to the throat of someone that you love, would you still take the trade? Knowing that if you were wrong, that throat would get cut. And that's an incredibly vis. It creates an incredibly visceral reaction. Most people are really uncomfortable when I look them in the eye and say that. You know, and I like, dude, you're some kind of a psycho to think that way. And yet, I would say you're a psycho to not think that way, because what that says is, I'm only going to do a trade that I'm highly confident that I'm doing it correctly. I didn't say that if the trade win or lo- wins or loses, I expect them all to win, otherwise I wouldn't trade. But it's more important that I do it correctly. And it's all about the process. And if I execute the process correctly, I'm incredibly confident that I'm going to get a winning trade. Yeah, and it's a, it has to do with the level of, uh, I guess, seriousness that you want to, you know, treat what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people see the investing as like some hobby or some game. 
and it, it's if you want to make it a game, that's awesome. Please join the field because I will take your money. And if not me, somebody like me who is serious about trading. And I guess a different way to think about it, maybe something that's not as, that creates such a visceral response as putting a, seeing a knife at somebody's throat is I'm assuming that everybody listening to the call has driven or listening to the show has driven on the freeway and has driven 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. And when you're doing that, if you have some driving experience, you're not supposed to do this, but I'm sure almost every one of us would admit to having a cell phone to our ear or paying attention to what's on the radio or you know, looking down to eat the french fries and dip them in the ketchup or whatever you're doing that you shouldn't be doing at 70 miles an hour. But now, would you take that same cavalier approach <clears throat> if the car you were driving was going 240 miles an hour? Because now things come at you much more quicker. And if you make a wrong move or don't make a move, you end up dying. And people say, well, I don't know how to drive a car 240 miles an hour say, that's fine, but cars can go that fast. It's, no, it's not a question that the technology isn't there. It's a question that the statement that the driver isn't ready. And you don't see drivers in those type of fast cars have their, have their attention distracted. They are totally focused on what they're doing. And that's how you treat trading and investing. If you want to be a success, you know, if you want to fart around with it, go ahead. Just understand your money's going to be gone eventually. But if you want to be serious about it, you've got to have that level of confidence, which comes from that level of commitment to the craft. And to reiterate, it's the confidence that is way more important than the money. But uh, usually, it you know it, it becomes tied with it, right? Because it, you know you're doing stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. The along those lines. How do we know that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> It is not from reading it in a book, I promise you. That is total life experience. <clears throat> there was an article we both saw. You, you, you dug into it a little bit more. But there, and by the way, this is not a, an episode telling you to go invest in you know, whatever crypto, your favorite crypto. But we're going to use You might that. as well say your disclaimer now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, since we said before we're both unemployed, neither one of us is a licensed financial advisor, we're not a mental health professional, we're not licensed attorneys, we're not tax people, hell, we're nothing, we're a bunch of, you know, or a couple of unemployed buffoons. Um, and so on anything... All opinions. Yeah, it is strictly opinion, um, hopefully a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of infotainment, <clears throat> but we clearly don't have the right to issue guidance or issue advice please, please, please go talk to somebody who knows what they're doing, that's employed, they have a job, they can tell you all the pro cons and the, the risks and et cetera, et cetera. We're speaking at it from a high level. If it even sounds like we're suggesting you go do something, the answer is we are not. So go talk to somebody that is licensed. Chris, neither Chris nor I hold any type of securities license or any other type of professional license other than a driver's license. Anything you want to add there, Mr. Legal uh, Representation? <laughs> no, it's good. <clears throat> Even if we tell you to go to buy something, it's still education. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, and I, I already know some people are going to go buy something based on what we said. And if you do that, you are a jackass. You're totally missing the point. You have to know what you're doing. Do not do that. So now, along those lines, there was a story on CNBC. Uh, I saw it, I think, a week or two ago. 
some guy had gone literally all in with everything he owns. I think it was, what was it, Chris, 180 grand. It doesn't matter what crypto he bought. We'll call it ABC crypto. But he went in and he bought it, and it ran to the roof, relatively speaking. And you saw something the last couple of days where his number had now become, what, 2.3 million, something like that? Yeah, last night I was up uh, doing something very important at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Paying Mr. Biden his fair share. I, uh, yeah, I was, you know, just browsing a little bit on YouTube and then some, you know, there was a channel that caught my eye. Well, this guy that uh, talks about uh, cryptocurrency and uh, I guess he had a guest on his uh, show and it, it was titled something, uh, I think I sold all my Dogecoin or something or Dogecoin millionaires or something like that. And, and then I was like, okay, let me hear what this is about. Chris, hold that and thought. And then... If you're listening, go don't go find the YouTube episode and don't take lessons on how to trade Dogecoin. This is not what this is about. If yeah, you go down yeah, the path, yeah. you're it's missing the point of this. Uh, to understand that. Well, yeah, it's just more of a reference for what, uh, you know, why we're talking about this. And so, you know, I was watching the video clip. And so this 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 guy, uh, his name is, I think, Andre or something like that. And he, he was like, hey, one of the neat thing about, uh, you know, being, you know, uh, a millionaire in, in cryptocurrency is you get to meet others. And so we have this thing where we make friends and now we go and, you know, meet other millionaires uh, or others that invested in cryptocurrency became millionaires. And then one of the guys, this uh, Dogecoin millionaire guy. And so he uh, he took him out to Vegas, met up with another friend. Uh, this is the first time they ever met I think this guy's name is Graham, the Dogecoin millionaire guy, or last name is Graham. And uh, so I'll call him Graham. And so he goes in, he meets this, uh, you know, younger, young, these guys are relatively young. Um, most of them are either early 30s or late 20s or something like that. And so uh, Graham, I had read about him before, just briefly, that, you know, some guy went and put all his money into Dogecoin, became a millionaire and went out and either tweeted it or, uh, you know, put a post on Reddit or something like that and became kind of a, a viral, you know. Uh, and so he was interviewed on CNBC and all that. And so then I realized, okay, this is this guy. That's, you know, I was watching the video, the YouTube. I go, okay, what are they doing? And so when they met up uh, over at, you know, uh, this, this other guy's house and he, he decided to show him go. Uh, so Andre was like, hey, show show him, show him your phone, show him, uh, you know, what, what you got on, on Dogecoin. And so he logged into his account and he had and this is like on this is just a couple of days ago. Right. Uh, this is before uh, Elon Musk appeared on Saturday Night Live SNL. And so uh, he showed his phone that, you know, his account value was at, I think, two point three, two point four million or something like that. And he said, he told him, he said, yeah, I, I literally t sold everything I had. And uh, I think he even uh, took money from credit cards and stuff as well and uh, put 180, 188, something like that. And now, now it's, you know, ran it up to two point something. And it was at three million, I think. And, and, and Dogecoin, it came, you know, back down a little bit. And so these Chris, other hold that, two guys. Hold that thought, hold uh, that thought, hold that thought. If anybody right now is thinking, holy crap, I could have done that. I could have gone out and borrowed 180 grand and rolled it in and now I'd be worth a few million dollars. You, my friend, are a jackass. <laughs> Don't think that way. 
Just well, the thought will probably come across your head because <clears throat> it's the greed, but yep. you have to recognize it and reject that thought. Yep. Because that's not, you know, that's not um, uh, the mindset that we, we, we we're trying to share with you guys here. And, uh, you know, we talk about it's all about mindset. Yep. And that is not the mindset to have. So uh, the thought will come across, right? I'm sure, but you got to reject it. Pops that. into my head, pops into your yeah. head. Oh, that'd be cool. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep going. Sorry to catch yeah, up. Yeah. So, so this guy, you know, at, you, I guess you can, you know, you know, argue, okay, you know, 180, we had 188,000. It might have been not, you know, it's not life changing for him with that. But at this point, you know, uh, with having 2.3 million or whatever in his account, it's it's life changing for him now, and uh, these two guys were trying to you know they were shocked that he did that. They said okay, the results and these guys I, I was impressed with their thinking, because they said hey the results were good, but it was not based on something that you should have done, right? They told him that, but you got lucky, and take the gift, and you know uh, they they were trying to convince him to sell. And don't wait till Dogecoin hits a dollar. That's what he was anticipating that it would go to a dollar to the moon, like Elon, you know, is is trying to promote. And he said, you know, you know, I, sh I should just hang on to this. It's it's gonna it's gonna get to a dollar because um, you know Elon's gonna get on SNL. I gotta I gotta hold and wait afterward and see, you know. And then um, he said, well, what are you gonna do when it gets to that point? He says, well, I'm going to sell uh, a million of it and just live off a million and then I'm going to leave the rest, right? And the guys are like, no, it's like, no, you got to, they're telling them, they're basically helping him analyze the risk and reward. And they were saying your reward is maybe another million dollars if you were to hang on. Because I think at the time Doge were, was trading at 60 something cents. So now it can go, to, you know, it can go 50% more, right, um, to a dollar. Uh, but they said that that's, that's your reward. So he said, would another million dollar change your life at this point? The answer is no. But what if it tanks and you go back down to maybe a hundred or two, 300,000, right? What, what happens then? And the answer would be, ah, life would suck, right? And so when you analyze the risk and reward it makes complete sense, but even when it makes complete sense, this guy was so emotional, he didn't want to sell. As much as these guys encouraged him, they said, "Man, you got to do it. You got to, you got to sell. Don't wait till, till you know, uh, Elon, because there's a lot of risk. What if he doesn't mention Dogecoin or, or you know, people are already dumping ahead, of, you know, in advance of it, because there's this run up. And again, that's a kind of a psychology we want to think about too. Is, you know, you 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 buy the rumors and you sell the news. And so typically when you hear of something as a rumor, you could see the movement of the stock or whatever asset you're buying, it, it, it's, it's kind of running up, you know, ahead of time. And when the news gets released, things tends to, you know, it, it, it basically peaked. There's no more catalyst pushing it and then it dies. And so we kind of saw that with Dogecoin, what happened, you know, <laughs> recently as well. Um, but they were trying to help him understand that from a mindset perspective, but because he was so emotional and the greed was, you know, I like this popularity, I like this fame that I'm getting because, you know, all these attention, right, from the media and all that, I think a lot of that played in his head. And uh, he didn't he didn't sell, at, at least in that episode. <laughs> so, Chris, let me add two things. Let me ask you one. 
um, if you had 2.3 million mm-hmm. and it, and it could run to 3.2 or 3 million, whatever it is, right. From, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half to three and a half, let's say, is your life personally going to change with that extra million? Nope. It's not at all. Now, if that 2.3 million took a 90% haircut and it dropped back down to 300 grand, mm-hmm. which would, on the one hand would be okay. Cause you turned 180 into 300. That's one hell of a return in a yeah. short time. <clears throat> that that is a huge return. But knowing that you used to have 2.3 million in your account, do you feel good that you got a great return on your 180 up to 300? No, that's that's going to make you feel stupid and uh it's going to blow your confidence. Your con- yeah, you're going to have your confidence blow blown and um that that's what is way more important because yep. the confidence is what's going to drive you for the future. Now, Chris, let me Not ask you this. Money. If I gave you whatever you have today, however many dollars you have in your account, let's put it all to the side. It's gone. Let's give it all away. Give it to the church. You don't have any more. Mm-hmm. I'll give you 180 grand. Could you turn it into 2.3? Yeah. I think we talked about it before is once you have the know-how, um, you, you're you not greedy about Right. It's you, you can turn because we have the experience. I can you give me 180. I can turn that into the millions. Yeah. You may not do it in a month like you did in Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. But can you but, turn it? Yeah, into it that? doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You'll be fine. And that goes back yeah, to it. You have the confidence, even with no money. Right. I'm loaning him the money. Yeah. What, no what money matters is the uh, the free time. And so these guys, you know, uh, being relatively young and, you know, they're using some type, we talked about operating system and apps. You're, ex, you're, you're dealing with an app without an, applic- without an operating system to run it on, right? So when you're investing, you got to build a sound operating system of investing. And if you run this crypto, this Dogecoin app, and now you get to this point, at some point it's going to fail. And so it's scary that this guy is, you know, it's, 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 gonna it's blow going a fuse. through this. <laughs> You're going to blow a fuse <laughs> on your microprocessor. Yeah, yeah. Cause you don't know how to react to it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it wouldn't surprise me that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll continue to, uh, behave the same way because he's like, Oh, you know, I made a bad decision before and it turned out well, so I'm going to continue to do that until it doesn't. Uh, just like anybody who commits a crime, they don't stop until they get caught. Yep. You know, how many, you know, if you go talk to anybody who's been in jail, they'll probably tell you, you know, uh, it, it was my last time. It was, it was going to be my last time. <laughs> I've got uh, right. a personal experience way back when and some uh, and some friends that I ran into met that were working for a federal law enforcement division and it wasn't the FBI, but they were doing something else related to commerce stuff and I was talking with a couple of them and said, uh, how do you, how do you catch the guys that you're chasing? And the guy looked me straight in the eye and he didn't even hesitate. He said, we catch either the ones that are dumb or either the ones that are greedy or stupid. And it, the same thing applies in trading. How you get, quote unquote, caught, how you lose your money is you're greedy or you're stupid. And usually one of those are both in trading. That's usually one and the same. Yes, same. 
so now going back to <clears throat> you say wow turning you know 180 into 2.3 that's really turning a dollar 80 into 23 dollars if you can't get your mind around 180 grand but if I, or if I hand you $18, could you turn it into $230? That's the equivalent of. Um, and so one of the ways to think about it, <clears throat> people will often look, you know, the, the natural, now that we've, let me back up. In going through talking about the crypto space and the, the opportunities that have presented themselves over the past 10 years and even over the past few months where now everybody's getting excited about it. Hell, just the mere fact that you and I are talking about it over the last couple of episodes should be an indication of that, right? We're now finally willing to speak about it with others. If we back up the clock. Hey, speak for yourself. I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm unemployed, so I'll give you all the credit for that one. So one of us is smart, one's good looking, and you just established that you're the smart one, which makes, you know what that makes me. Um, <laughs> and so... There are more and more people starting to get into and be intrigued with the stock market, which is very common in the market cycle. And you've seen it over and over and over again in the history of humankind, in the history in the U.S. markets over the last 100, 150 years. When the good opportunities are there, people are afraid of it. They don't go near it. As everything starts to get heated and frothy, now you get the public getting sucked in. And so if you find that you're new to this and you're intrigued because of the opportunities that you're hearing from your coworkers on Zoom calls and whatever else, welcome. You are, and I don't, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, although it's going to sound that way, you are a member of the public that is about to get fleeced. And you get to decide if you're going to get some education so you don't get too painful of a fleecing. Or if you're going to be just cavalier about it and then get your ass kicked. And the choice is yours. I've been on both sides of the equation. Chris, you've been on both sides of the equation. Mm -hmm. Right? We see it coming. If we back up a couple years, the common thing that people would talk about to make money was via real estate. And the idea was you buy something, you hold it, you rent it. Whether you flip it or not, it's totally up to you, but you buy and rent. I'm sorry, buy and hold and rent it for a period of time. You can do the same thing in the stock market. Normally, we try and get this episode out right around early part of the month. I think my target I put for Chris is the first Monday. We missed it this month by a little bit. Missed it last month, too. This unemployed stuff keeps us very busy. And the reason we didn't get this this particular show out a couple of you know minutes earlier today was because <laughs> prior to us recording, I had to listen to Chris pushing the keys on the keyboard as he was doing a couple of trades. And so I was asking what he was doing, and I thought it would be really interesting. I mean, we're not going to name the ticker or name thing. It doesn't matter. But in concept. And so, Chris, you bought this stock is, it's not been around for you know decades and decades. It's a relatively from a decade's perspective, relatively newer issue. And I'm not going to name the price of the stock, but I'll, I'll give it a, a relative value. So whatever we're saying, don't try and go find out what stock is. It doesn't matter. So, Chris, you bought the stock, what, I think we did the math, about three weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I picked up some shares on a company that I don't mind uh, owning, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's not When I say owning is I don't mind, you know, holding it uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And, but also you don't mind selling it tomorrow if you had to. 
Yeah, and I don't mind if you wanted to take away from me uh, as well. So, and we're okay so, with that. So, you know, you analyze the risk and reward <clears throat> and what you're trying to do with it. So I picked it up and... Uh, you picked it up for, let's say, $30. Yeah, okay. you don't even need to say a number. Uh, I just picked it up and then I decided to sell a call on it. So if you're new uh, to this, all it means is it's like he bought a rental house or a rental property and decided to put a tenant in there. Yeah, so the call tenant is pays just basically... Yeah, I mean, we, we've we've talked about a call before, but uh, a call is saying I'm I I don't I'm giving somebody the right to take it away from me, take the shares away from. They me. can buy it from him at a price. Yep. yep. And we relate it to in terms of real estate is kind of like putting in an attendant so you can collect rent. And so for allowing somebody the right to take away my shares at a certain price, um, they give me money for that, and so I collected. Uh, about 6% for doing that. Yep. Did that once. Yeah, and did now, that once. <clears throat> and since you bought the stock about three weeks ago, the stock has now dropped down ballpark 3% when we were looking at it. Yeah, it came down and uh, and I was able to buy back or uh, the call that I sold and I profited about 6% on it. We, we, we you know looked at the numbers about 55 or 6% or something. And so, um, and again, I'm not, I'm not doing this based on a percentage, you know, like I'm looking, I'm, I'm doing it because I see, you know, the, 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 the prices and the charts and what I'm comfortable, where I'm comfortable at making the trade, not because, oh, it's giving me this percent. So you, okay. what you're doing is you're looking at some price history mm -hmm. and saying, oh, it seems that it runs between these ranges. This makes sense to do the transaction. Mm -hmm. And in doing that transaction, just coincidentally, you made this many percent. It's fine. Whatever yes. that percentage is, it's fine. In this case, it happened to be in the range of six. Yeah. Now the stock yeah, so, has dropped down in price a little bit below your purchase point. Yeah. So, so it's down the, three, The call percent. that I sold is worth a certain amount. As the stock comes down, that call price gets reduced. And so I get to buy it back at a lower price. And when I bought it back, I profited at about 6%. And now this morning or this afternoon, just before we pressed record on this thing, <clears throat> you did the same transaction, or a, a similar transaction, maybe different numbers, but similar transaction. Mm -hmm. And in doing that transaction, they paid you another 2% for mm -hmm. doing that. Yes. And if the buyer of that call option that Chris put out there decides next week that they want to buy his shares, he'll make another five on top of that. So... He'll make between now and next week, he'll have in his pocket either 8% or 13% of his original purchase price. Now, there's always the chance that the stock could fall off and it could drop mm -hmm. dramatically under where it is today. That's always the risk. But he's been doing this long enough. He can read a chart and he's very comfortable saying it's very unlikely for that to happen. Doesn't and mean remember it can't I, I started off by buying something that I don't mind holding. I was going to say, your first statement was, it's something you don't mind owning for a while. Yes. And so you're totally cool with that. Mm -hmm. If I equate that to real estate terms, <clears throat> where I buy a property, and now I rent it out, you and I both have lots of friends, lots of acquaintances we know that are in the real estate game. Mm -hmm. In Southern California, very common to get somewhere between 3 and maybe 6%. In a, in a comfortable area, you know, a reasonable area. I don't know what they call it, class A, class B, whatever it is, whatever the group yeah. is. Yeah. If you want to go on a, in a beach community, Southern California, you're down in the 1% to 2% range 
mm-hmm. and that's on an annual basis. Um, we're speaking to a guy doing the class just in a few weeks. He's either, I think it was Alabama. I can't remember. Somewhere in the southeast. And his numbers were in the range of almost 10% of what he was mm-hmm. making. But he's in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. And, but Quick pause on that one. Uh, or just a quick comment here as we relate it to the stock. So remember I said I buy, I'm buying something I don't mind owning. Mm-hmm. So in real estate terms... Whatever you're buying, if you're getting a higher rate of return on your rent, then you're you have to look at it compared to the stock is saying, Am I buying a property? I don't mind living there. <laughs> right? Yep. So you could do that with a stock too and get a much greater return, but you probably don't want to own it. Mm-hmm. If you want to own something and it's you know more quality, <clears throat> then you're gonna get less return. So same thing as a house. If you look at a house and go, Oh, if there if I can't rent it out, I don't mind living there. Okay, so if you if you're in a good neighborhood, good area, you can get lower, yeah, uh, rents. Yep. Yeah, returns on your rent, but the, on, your, on your money. <clears throat> those numbers we're talking about in real estate that you know one to two in a in a beach community, three to six in a you know normal residential area, maybe maybe in the double digits somewhere else. That's annual. Chris, how many weeks is it taking you to get this? A few weeks. A few weeks. Yeah. So. Now, I, we don't know if he'll be able to do it every month on this particular stock. But, the, Chris, is this an unusual one? No. I think on most stocks, uh, conservatively, um, you know, 3 to 5% is very uh, doable. In a month. It's very conservative per month. In a month. Yeah. And we're in, on the real estate side, that's in a year. And now you say, well, okay, wait a minute. Are you bashing real estate? It's like, no. It's all based on what you know. Because if you look at 3 to 5% in a month... You think, wow, that sounds incredible compared to real estate. Go, yeah, but remember, you know, 10 minutes ago, we were talking about the Dogecoin guy that did that much in minutes or whatever, you know, a few days, few weeks, whatever the hell his holding period was. Mm -hmm. And so it all becomes relative. But the point in saying all that is understanding the opportunity and not being greedy. You have to go in there with eyes open and an educated mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to those, you know, to the real estate crowd, uh, you know, you, you, you deal more with those guys. But every once in a while, you know, I encounter somebody who, you know, really loves real estate. And uh, and I understand that, you you know, you, you love it because that's what you know and you don't know the stock market. And when you have those type of conversations, usually, you know, people are like it's this ego and pride, right, that it's like, oh, you know – you, you want to, the real estate is better or something. It's like, no, you know, like I take the position of not telling you that this is better. Or that's better. This, when, when I see, um, you have to be open-minded and the point of me sharing or us sharing this for those who are like really just real estate, real estate is to open your eyes and your mind so that you can understand that there's, there are other things out there. Once you can compare it, now you can make an intelligent decision. And it's only going to help you, right? You can decide, but how can you make a decision on that real estate is, this is the best if you really haven't explored other things. So you have to, once you understand the stock market, like we said, there is really no comparison. And uh, if you want to learn more, go back to prior episodes where we touch on real estate and stocks and the difference in how to look at it. 
And so it's really a mindset thing that you got to develop. Um, and so if you're from the real estate, you know, kind of uh, area, you're, you're in that area and you're, that's your knowledge, that you have, that's your expertise. Um, don't, don't take a defensive approach and go, oh, let me tell you why real estate is better. Or, but you have to explore, uh, keep an open mind. You know, we're not bashing on real estate. I'm not bashing on real estate. In fact, I always tell people that, you know, real estate is great if that's what you know. And you don't know, you know, why would you do other things that you don't know? But once you understand other things, you might find that the stock market will give you better opportunities in trying to achieve what you're, you're trying to do. It's funny, you know, as we as we do this longer, as you gain experience in life, <clears throat> we have almost switched positions because you, you come across much more diplomatic. I'm a little bit more in your face saying, hey, if you understand both of them, yeah, there's only one path you'll choose. Mm hmm. And you're like, well, you know, if you understand both, maybe you'll make a more educated decision. It's like, dude, man up. And you tell them, like, look, dude, once you understand both. You yeah, well, you know, the, you're, you're dealing obvious. with the ego and pride. And so when you deal with that and then they, yep. you know, because my goal is really to help you uh, or the listener, whoever that is like, oh, I'm about real estate is to, to succeed. Correct. In, in doing what's best for you. Um, but if I sound like I'm attacking you, you're probably not going to open you up your ears and mind to listen. Um, and, you know, deal with a lot of friends that, uh, you know, have experience in real estate, right? In fact, I got a friend who texted me and said, hey, what do you think about this REIT? I've been watching this. I go, well, I mean, I told him, I go, unless you really, really like real estate for some reason, you know, that's probably the better way to go than go buy a house and, you know, and rent it out. Uh, you're, you're, you're buying, you know, a, a, a REIT, right? real estate investment trust, so kind of like it's, it's, it's a stock, it's a, stock. It's a business. Uh, somebody else is managing it, and he said, "Yeah, it's paying good dividends. You know, six, seven percent, or whatever, eight percent, or whatever it is." I said, "Okay, well, you know that that could uh, that could do well for you without you know involving your time, but if you compare it to other things that we talk about <laughs> like that he knows, I'm like, well, you, you're better off doing buying other businesses that are paying six, seven, eight percent, uh, you know, as well." but probably have an opportunity to grow, right? Uh, a lot faster and more. Um, I even, you know, shared the concept of if you, if you really like real estate, you know, why pick a company that buys, you know, properties, right, in a portfolio versus why don't you buy a company like, you know, a Zillow type of company, right, where it doesn't matter what real estate is doing, but people are going to use their services. Mm -hmm. So they'll continue to do, they always will do well, right? Now it's just whether you buy it on sale or you, you know, you, you buy it at a high price, but they're going to be, you know, whatever people do, they're going to use your services. And so, you know, I was kind of explaining uh, that concept. So that, that mindset to understand if you really want to invest in real estate, this is the better way to go. Um, what? But yeah, it's it's. Uh, I find it because uh, um, before it's you know you you don't think about it. And these guys kind of they bug you by being so defensive, right? And so I just become more direct. But then it's like, okay, what's the point? Is um, I'm trying to get across to you, then I gotta put it in a way in your terms that you know that I'm trying to help you. Yep. Yeah. Along those lines, since we didn't do an intro to the show. Quick background on the two of us. We met uh, 
I got about 20 years more on earth than Chris does. We met as he was an intern coming into IBM. I was working there in sales. I'd learned to trade a number of years before that. I was looking for a, <clears throat> a reason to leave, trying to figure out where to turn in my badge so I didn't have to fight the parking lot traffic, or the, what do you call it, the, find a parking space in the parking lot. Uh, Chris was just coming into IBM. He was looking to take my space in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> we overlapped by a couple of years. Um, we met because the uh, the secretary in our group, I think he'd gone up to her and mentioned something about stock market, and she pointed a finger over at me and said, go, go talk to him. Started talking. We clicked very quickly, and we've had an incredible relationship ever since then. <clears throat> um, I was able to leave IBM when I was about 40. I was making more money trading and moving money around than I was selling, so I realized it was time to go. Um, I remember I bought Chris his first official beer when he turned 21. I know he had bought a, a number of beers before that in his life, but that was illegal, so we won't talk about that. Um, <clears throat> and Chris stuck around for another eight, nine years after that, and he walked away from IBM when he was about 30. And we have had countless discussions over the years. In fact, it would have been fun to have recorded those way back when and compare what we were thinking and talking about back then as opposed to now. But the discussions we've always had have been around time freedom, how to get there, what it takes, how to think, et cetera, et cetera. What we realized in going through and pursuing time freedom, and by the way, time freedom is different than financial freedom. You talk about the number of hours that we spend a day on the stock market. Sometimes it's zero. Eh, it could be an hour and a half, two hours, if that. But many times during the day, sometimes none. All depends. Compare that to financial freedom where somebody, if we use the real estate example, will maybe flip a few homes at nights and on the weekends and then buy one and then hold on to it as a rental. And now they become a landlord. And then they go buy another and buy another and buy another. And pretty soon they have a lot of doors under their management, under their wing. <clears throat> and now they have the Chris Hansen real estate empire, the Chris Lamb real estate empire. And they keep doing it. And pretty soon their rental income off the real estate might exceed their job income. And they think, hey, this is great. I don't have to, I no longer have to clock, you know, uh, clock in, do my job, go home and do this stuff. I can go work for myself in my own real estate empire, and which sounds wonderful, and it's a great, and if you've done that, congratulations. If you want to do that, no problem. But understand, in order to, if you're on that path today, <clears throat> ask yourself the question, what would it take to double your income? And the answer is, it would either, you'd have to double your rent or double the number of doors that you have under your wing. and Double the work. Double the work. Yeah. And yet in the in buying and selling and things, in order to double our income, we just push a different key on the keyboard. The strategy doesn't change. And if you wanted to make 10 times your income on real estate, you're going to have to have 10 times the doors, 10 times the rent, or you're going to have to change your strategy. So if you've been doing it now with you know buying single-family rentals or single-family homes as rentals, there's only so many of those that you can manage before you need to bring in a property manager. And now your strategy changes. And now you've got somebody else tapping into your, your revenue to be able to, to pay for them to manage it. And so the strategy has to change. In order for us to make um, to add a zero to our income in trading, we literally push one extra key on the keyboard. And the keyboard is the zero. Now, granted, you have to have the money to do that. And you have to have the confidence to do that, which is why we were talking about confidence before. But it does not require a change in strategy. It just requires the ability 
to press enter with another zero on there. And so that's the beauty on this is the scalability, but it also means that the time requirements do not increase as the income opportunity or as the income increases. And so the purpose of the show, what we realized in, and Chris and I over the years having the discussions about time freedom, is that maybe 5% of it, and that's probably a very high exaggeration, but we'll go with it, 5% of it is how to do, and 95% of this is how to think. And that's what we cover in the show. It's really the how to think aspects of it. And you've heard us say even just in the, the first 45 minutes of the show prior to us doing this introduction to the show, it's all been about how to think. We haven't said, hey, go out and buy crypto, buy out and go, go buy out and buy, buy and sell stock or go do covered calls. It's not about that. That is simply an app. And if you're unsure of what we're talking about that, if, as you get through this episode, if you're uh, early in your experience with listening to us, Go back and listen to the first eh, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes. And in there we talk about what we really mean by the how to think. And that should really open your eyes to that. Uh, the question comes up, I get the note all the time. It's like, wow, Hanson, you said you teach a class, but you never mention it. So we don't do advertisements on the show. It's just he and I doing it. Chris, have I paid you any more since I've paid you before in doing the show? No. Nope, and I haven't paid you a dime uh. yet. I buy you lunch you every once in a while. Hey, inflation's gone up. You haven't given me a raise. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll give you 10% more than what I've paid you so far. Yeah, in fact, zero. I'll give you 30% more. You'll get a huge raise. In fact, you'll think yeah. you'll be a government recipient because that'll be our next topic. <clears throat> but we don't, in all seriousness, we don't do advertisements, which doesn't hold us to a schedule. We can pretty much say what we want, and hopefully, you know, we won't offend too many people. But if we do, you know, we've learned that if we say something that's pretty hurtful, usually what that means is, uh, well, when we say that, we're sharing our truth. And if you don't like it, it usually means that you can't handle the truth. And sometimes that's hurtful to people. But if you take a step back and look at it, we're not trying to gain anything here. We're simply speaking our truth. Anything else I should cover on that? Kind of a different intro? Uh, no, that's, I think, uh, we were talking, uh, something that led us to discuss a little briefly about the education system or something that, that, Oh, well, that was along those lines, by the way. And if you do ever want to reach us, if you've got an idea for a show, if you got a comment or a topic <clears throat> that you've got for us, you can reach us a couple of ways. One is investing from the beach at gmail.com. Uh, when the emails come in, uh, lamb does not read them <laughs> unless I forward them to him. And I usually don't. I just handle it. So, but you can reach us that way. If you've got something specific for him, just say, hey, send this to Lamb and have him read it, and I'll forward it over to him. Yeah, he's um, my gatekeeper. Yeah, exactly. And I do a really, really, really good job And because I never forward you almost anything. If you want to reach us by phone, uh, very easy phone number to remember. Just remember, jump on a 747. In 24 hours, you can be at the beach. 747-24-BEACH. I believe it's 747-242-3224. It, excuse me, it actually does ring over to my cell phone, um, or you can leave a message either way. And what else? If you want to know more about the podcast, you can go obviously go back and click through the history. There's a webpage there, investingfromthebeach at, or I'm sorry, investingfromthebeach.com. Um, there's a book list up there. There's, uh, you can click around and you find out details on the stock class if you have an interest in that. Uh, and if you don't, that's cool, no problem. Uh, let me think what else. Yeah, and if you click on one of the books on the book list, 
I think I make about four cents. Uh, I got a check, I think it was a month ago, two months ago, something like that. And Chris, I got up to $24.86, I think was on the in the mount. So I am rolling in the dough. That means I might actually break $100 this year. Take it and put it into Dogecoin, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. It's like, hey, Chris, I took my, my, you know, my last three years of Amazon earnings, all, all $250 worth, if I even yeah, had that much. Turn it into a quarter million. Yeah, pretty cool. And I'm not selling, man. It's going to a million. I'm yeah. not selling it. So, all right. Our topic today, look at that. We're f- almost 50 minutes in this. We're finally get to the topic. Oh, it wasn't. We, we weren't talking about the topics yet. Yeah, or one of the topics. Um, Biden has come out and alluded to the fact that he's going to be raising taxes. And what he said in there was, I loved his quote, we're going to reward work, not wealth. Like, hmm, okay. That, talk about, you know, nails on the chalkboard to me. But what he what was does looking that at. that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does that even mean? <clears throat> and so, what it, well, many of the things he said, I wonder, I kind of wonder what the hell that means. But yeah. what he talked about was raising the tax rate. And I talked about this, we were talking about this last year, saying, hey, whether you're Trump or Biden, just understand at some point, if you get Trump out, they're going to raise taxes. They've got to be paying for stuff. And he's made the, he's alluded, well, you talked about it earlier with the, the stimulus payments that have come out. I think we talked about in the last episode, there were like four, five, six trillion dollars mm-hmm. in the last very short period of time that has pumped, pumped into the system. You think, well, why are they doing that? If you take a big step back and the answer is you get votes. Right? You give out handouts. You view it as penalizing the rich. We're going to tax the rich. But what's interesting on that, and I've seen a number of articles, I've even heard discussions with people, friends that are owning business, businesses. The government has been paying people not to work. Right? And saying, so, mm-hmm. well, it's because of the pandemic. Okay. But now... <laughs> You know, Joe's, Joe stuck a needle in 100 million people's arms. Should be able to, you know, Disneyland's opening up. Other places are opening up. Got to be able to go back to work. And people aren't willing to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can you can call it controversial or whatever, but uh, the, the net effect of all that has been happening uh, since you know, the, well, since a long time ago, but the pandemic escalated it, it was, is, is, you know, shutting businesses down and, you got the effect of uh, you know people hurting, um, and then you come up with this. Uh, let, let me just give them money, but it has to do with uh, control and power. And so, if you need me, then you're going to vote for me. And uh, you know, if 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 the economy suffers, and you know, people go, oh, but why would people do this, or why would the government do this? Because they're they're hurting as well, and. What do you mean by they're not hurting? Who is they, right? Um, people at the top, people have the, the money and the wealth. They're not hurting, right? You go to any uh, communist countries and you say, oh, look how poor people are living. But look at the people at the top. They're not hurting, right? So, you know, uh, it's a way to control. Uh, it's, it's, it's establishing control. Uh, and we, we're seeing that with the major corporations. And, you know, we were talking about how... You're almost shifting to where it's it's starting to become monopolistic, right? Uh, economy, and you don't have that uh, a lot of the competition, and so you know the tax thing is it's not really to you know we need to pay the debt. It's like 
I don't care how much you tax. It's not going to pay off this debt that the rate that we're printing. Nope. Right. So if you if if you're really interested and in look into the numbers, it's ridiculous. Like just if you raise interest a little bit, we're not going to be able to pay it back. So I don't care what you're saying that you need a tax and to pay, but like number one, stop spending. You're not doing that because if you stop spending, you're not going to get votes. Right. Um, so yeah, this this whole uh, money system, um, if you really start to if you're interested, put more time, more effort and learning and understanding it, that's that's what's driving this whole Bitcoin and crypto space as well. People are trying to decentralize, you know, money and take it away from, uh, the, you know, the power of the central banks and of the few. And so there's a lot of uh, there's a big movement to get away from that because, you know, you you if you're really working hard, like Biden says, but, you know, it's not even Biden. It's people writing his, you know, his speech for his him. Speech. Yep. Yeah. And so if you're really saying that, oh, I want to reward work, then why are you devaluating the dollars? Because people who work hard for their money, they're saving it and they're putting it away. They're getting taxed based on inflation. Right. So you're punishing people who are working at the bottom, saving their dollars and you're rewarding People who own assets, the wealthy, by printing all this money. And yet people are too full. People don't understand it and don't yeah. get it. Yeah, <clears throat> not waking up to or don't understand it, right? And so uh, I think I shared with you briefly, I saw this little uh, uh, video. It's just a kind of a report. A guy was walking around uh, in the D.C. and East Coast area or something like that, and he was asking all these people uh, – you know, on the street, uh, hey, uh, and most of them, I think, identified as, uh, you know, uh, Democrat, right? Um, and he was saying, hey, do you think we tax uh, the, 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 do the, the rich people uh, pay enough of their share in taxes? Everyone is like, no, right? And he's, he's individual, uh, each individual. And they're like, well, how much taxes do you think they should pay? They're like, well, they should pay like 70%. And he's like, why not 80, 90? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's even better. They don't need that much money to live on, right? And and look how, how – look, our country has so much money and look how much, you know, how much uh, poverty we're suffering and people – we have like the highest rate of, you know, uh, people uh, homeless and hung, being hungry and all that. Like, <laughs> Bullshit. <huh? laughs> it's like where are you getting those numbers? It's like if that's the case, then why are people flocking to the U.S. still, right? Yeah, one, and, and can I cut you off? I was going to yeah. say one of the things. Well, I guess two things. You talk about you know we need to have a woke culture. You need to wake up on finances. Yeah, and that will change your attitude. The other thing, if and I would imagine probably not many people that think very strongly that way are going to listen to this show. So they're going to get pissed off at us by the time they get to this point of it. So I might be preaching to the choir. <clears throat> but one of the things to to consider, I have a discussion with my wife every once in a while. She'll she makes the comment. Um, said, you know, people need to go live in a third world country. Go visit a third world country for about two months, and don't do it from the standpoint of oh, I'm going to travel around and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Go live amongst the people in a third world country for a month, and then come back, and tell me how bad we have it here. 
then you get to see what poverty is. Then you get to see what exploitation is. Then you see what corruption is. Mm -hmm. Then you see what we have as far as opportunity. Yeah, you become more more grateful of your opportunities and what you what you have here. Yep. Um, yep. Right. But yeah, I mean, in that report, uh, a number of people, uh, you know, that was the perception, but based on no data. And so, after asking them this, the, the next question was, how you know, what's the percentage of you know taxes paid in the U.S. are made by the top one percent? And they're like, two um, percent, you know, they're like, no, the top one percent pays twenty-seven percent of the taxes in the U.S. No, really, what? <laughs> yep. Right. And then you know, what's what's you know, how about the bottom fifty percent? What what percentage of the taxes do they pay? They're like, um, you know, maybe fifty percent. <laughs> no, forty. It's like no, they pay like four. I think it was four percent. Okay. <clears throat> and so you know, people have this perception that, uh, um, you know, you got to tax more uh, when you of 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 the wealth um, to make things right. Like no, that doesn't solve the problem. That makes the problem worse. Why? Because if you tax. People who are, uh, you know, working and building businesses and creating successful, jobs. Successful workers. Yeah, you're going to discourage that. Yep. And when you discourage that, there's going to be more poverty, right? Um, and, you know, if you tax the business else. and they're going to make less money, we talked about it as when, you, when the business makes less money, they're going to hire less people. Correct. They're not giving raises. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, people don't see that. And, and then we, we, we also think that if we tax, that the tax would solve the money problem. No, we, we just discussed what the money problem is. It's not about taxes. The money problem is about we're taking advantage of our position, the U.S. position, having the reserve, the, the U.S. dollars being the reserve currency of the world. We're taking advantage of that position to keep on printing and printing and spending and spending, right? And and so when we're doing that, um, you're starting to see that the money is being devalued and the world is catching on. And so they're moving away from the U.S. dollar. Um, I don't know if you heard about it, Chris. They, they used to post the money supply, M1, M2 or whatever. Yes. On uh, the government site, they took it off. They're not even showing that anymore. That should alarm people. <laughs> that should tell you something. Yep. Yeah. What I mean, you you hear in the in the media white privilege. Mm -hmm. In the U.S., we have reserve currency privilege. Yeah. And we have abused it. <clears throat> and it if we're not careful, it's going to come back and hit us hard, very very hard. There are huge amounts of dollars being printed. If you don't understand what that means. Go back, go back and list a couple of prior episodes or a great book to read. In fact, it's on the book list. It's called, um, there's two of them actually. One, I don't think the other one's on the book list. One of them is called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Uh, the author's name is uh, Griffin. It's on the book list. Another one that's a great example of that is by Peter Schiff, S-C-H-I-F-F. -F. I think I've got it on the book list there. It's called How an Economy Grows and Why It Crashes. And it's written almost in a cartoon format. 
but it does a great job of explaining the concepts. And <clears throat> if you haven't, if you've been living under a rock for the past six months, sorry, if you've not been living under a rock for the past six months, you've noticed inflation. Meals are getting more expensive. Fuel is going up. Obviously, housing is going up. Rent is going up. Many of us have not had a haircut or have not had our hair, our hair dyed if you want to keep the gray away. The price of doing all those things is dramatically expensive than it, more expensive than it was a year ago. That's inflation. And that's caused by, among other things, huge amounts of money that are being printed, shoved into the system, which makes now each dollar be a little bit less valuable, which means it takes more dollars than it did before to get the same product or service. Yeah, so don't it's think... It's going to get uh, worse. Yeah, we don't think, oh, you know, the prices are going up. No, the value of money is going down. Going down. You think about it that way. You say, yeah, yeah, but I'm going to get, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my $15 an hour the minimum wage increase. Uh, yippee. Yeah, yippee. Guess what? The price of everything you have to buy just went up. By more than that. By more than that. Yeah. Didn't help because you. Because you get, you get taxed on what you're buying and you get taxed on what you make. Now, what's probably happening is the people listening to this are not, they might be making minimum wage, might be down in that range, but at least their mm -hmm. eyes are open. They're woke from a finance, mm -hmm. or trying to get woke from a finance perspective. But you to understand the people that don't get it now are going to start raising more hell. And yeah. what does the government do? Oh, let's appease them. Let's throw money, let's throw more money at the problem, right? Which is keeping the, the masses appeased. And yeah. it's gonna effing blow up. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah, it's not a good formula for a uh, you know a successful uh, society. You know nope. where nope. people don't want to work and uh, they require you to send them money, and we're not producing, making any products, but we're just starting to focus on trading things. Yep. You know, and uh, it's it's what do you call that? Like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. You know. Um, a pyramid or something like that, that, uh, yeah, we're just moving things around so it can, prices can go up. It's like a, a successful, you know, society and economy or a country is a country that produces things, makes things, builds things. And I think we've gone away from that. And, uh, you know, where you're seeing all these new markets come up, right. With, with, with cryptocurrency, yeah, but you could see, okay, crypto is solving something because of the blockchain technology right? It, it'll, in, in the long run, will reduce a lot of costs um, in what we do and what we use. But you get, you know, uh, this, I told you about my experience with the NFTs. Oh, I was going to say, we got to go NFTs. Let's, let's, yeah. let's bridge to that. This is a great story. So uh, this has to do with the euphoric environment that we're in. And, you know, we'll touch on it a little bit later. But uh, the the you know, it, a lot of people refer to kind of like the Roaring Twenties. You know, I, I I don't live in it, but I remember reading The Great Gatsby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you watched Titanic, so you saw the and beginning Titanic, of it. Yeah, yeah, you saw yeah. the beginning of it. Yeah, but it's just basically you're in this environment where, they, hey, everybody's just money is free. It's just free flowing. And a lot of it is driven by debt. And that's what happened in the, you know, the Twenties. Uh, driven up by debt, and a lot of people today are trading on margins and borrowing money, you know, just because money is cheap. Um, but yeah, so the NFTs uh, non fungible is, is part of this euphoria, token, if I remember right. 
Yeah, so it stands for non-fungible tokens. Uh, you know, you can look it up. I don't claim to be an expert on it, um, but you know, uh, I, I I heard about it uh, many months ago, and then Chris, hold uh, that thought. Let me explain yeah. it real quick. So, if uh, think of a, a fungible, fungible, uh, F-U-N-G-I-B-L-E, fungible means it's easily interchangeable. It's not a disease, right? <clears throat> I hope not. Um, <laughs> So the way to think about it is if you take a, a $1 bill out of your wallet and you look at that dollar bill, it actually is a unique dollar. It has a serial number that's on that. And if you walk to your neighbor or a friend and say, hey, give me a dollar and I'll give you, give me your dollar and I'll give you my dollar. <clears throat> when you make that exchange, the only difference between what is now, you know, your friend's dollar, what is now yours is the serial number that's on that dollar bill. So what, what it means is, and that's considered a fungible asset. So there is no difference between your serial number on your dollar bill and my serial number on my dollar. The serial numbers are different, but the piece of paper is still worth the same. And so it's a non-fungible asset. And the idea on that is that means that we could freely exchange them. So your dollar or your $20 bill is worth as much as my dollar or $20 bill. So there's no difference between them different than a car. So for example, um, <clears throat> Chris and I will go buy a new car on the same day. We both decide to go buy a, a 2021 Toyota Corolla model ABC with all these features on it. And we both spend, I don't know, $25,000 for that car. And now we both drive it off the lot and we drive it for a year. Chris puts a lot less miles on his car than I do. And he doesn't drive his car very much at all. I drive my car very hard to put a lot of miles onto it and it looks a little beaten up and you know, wear and tear, whatever it may be a year. But from I'm today, an Asian driver, <laughs> <laughs> which means we were, there might be a we lot more dense. Line, he would say that <laughs> <laughs> on one of the upcoming episodes. We'll, we'll tell the DWA story. Yeah. I think um, he did. He had mentioned that. <laughs> but so, guys. but so in doing that, so we look at the car. So a year from today, we both own a 2021, whatever I said, Corolla. But my, even though everything about the car is the same, my car will be worth less because I have more wear and tear, more mileage, whatever. So even though the day we bought it, it was an, it was a, the assets were the same. Due to wear and tear, a year later, his should be worth more than mine. So a car is not a fungible asset. It is a non-fungible asset if you want to think about that. And so now with that, think of a, a non-fungible token. So the token is a digitally creative, created asset. Yeah, token is a feature that, that, that really drives uh, crypto uh, currencies. And so uh, when you're using it as a currency, then, uh, you know, or an asset that is exchangeable, um, then you you gotta you gotta have to be it, it needs to have be fungible right and so uh nfts are non-fungible tokens so you have two types of tokens right ones that are fungible one that, the, those that aren't um so the nba and, came up with yeah so nfts not it's it's nfts is is really a kind of a new thing that is built on the blockchain Right, and using smart contracts, and you you can read a bit more about that, but don't need to get into detail on it. But NBA would say, you know, they're going ah, let us, let's let us use this NFT uh, technology built on blockchain, and so we're going to come up with 
uh, trading cards or trading, you know, they call it moments. They're not even cards, but it's a, it's a short video clip that they would, <laughs> you know, uh, make and then uh, built it and then attach it to a blockchain, you know, uh, so that it, it it can be authentic, right? There's yep, there's verified. a serial or whatever that's you know on it, and so um, it's called NBA Top Shot is is what they started it. Now, Chris, has the NBA started. been growing lately? No, no, no. not at all. So the so NBA has been me... on a decline. Yeah. Right. And why is that decline there? Do you think? Well, we we talked about uh, a lot of politics. Uh, they they've seen a significant drop in uh, uh, viewership and ratings. Uh, and it was very, it was linked, uh, you know, very much to, uh, political, uh, I guess, uh, campaigning, yeah. you know, done by the NBA players. I watched the NBA to watch them play basketball. I don't want to hear their politics. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah. I, you so don't it turned off a lot of people. Yeah. There's one Harvard grad that played in the NBA, Jeremy Lin. Mm-hmm. Nothing against the other guys. I'm sure they're brilliant. I, I'm not watching them to hear their politics. I don't care. I'm watching yeah. them to watch their skill on the court. And that mood seemed to have carried throughout um, a good part of the U.S. And so their revenues are way down. Attendance is way down, right? The whole thing, looking for a way maybe to bump the, I suppose you could say enhance the experience. I would look at it and say they're trying to bump the revenue. Yeah, they're losing a lot of money. Uh, I think if you don't really you know, uh, have an analytical view uh, or an eye at what they're doing, you would think, oh, this is something cool they're trying to do. It's like, no, they, they're looking for ways to make money <laughs> to make up for what they lost, right? And so they probably sat around the table and go, oh, let's explore something around you know, cryptocurrency because it's hot, right? It's a space that everybody's making money off of. And so they realized that they could do something with NFTs and uh, – Let's market, you know, digital assets uh, in in for the NBA. So let's capture these, you know, uh, uh, little Special short moments. videos of, yep. you know, of of a player, you know, passing the ball or, you know, making a jump shot or doing a you know <laughs> so, dunk or whatever it is. So you bought one of these? Yeah, and so and so uh, you know, I heard it from a friend before, and I we're trying to think like, okay, what, like, why would I want that? And I find out that it's. You don't actually. I go. Okay, I guess it, you could. It could make sense if I own the rights to that video, and nobody could use it. And if they want to use it, they pay me. But that's not the case. Is you're just owning this video clip. That you you can say it's yours and it's authentic because it can be linked into the blockchain that says that's yours. Because they but, tell you it's authentic, but beyond because, that, because yeah, <laughs> you you know because that's the one that that one is authentic. But if somebody else has an exact copy. That's not that's not the same one, you know, because you can verify it, you know, <laughs> and so it's just like okay, um, and then I hear you know um, right on the news and everything, right? This you know this 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 uh, uh, euphoria, right? Of uh, look, people are trading these, and some LeBron moments were going for somebody bought it for two hundred thousand dollars, something like that, and you know some moments were selling for eighty thousand, a hundred thousand. Right, ridiculous amount of uh, money being thrown around at this, and then I thought about it, uh, uh, like, huh? You could easily create a market for this by manipulating it. It's like, who's to verify that somebody paid two hundred thousand dollars for this? Like, <laughs> you, you know what yep. I'm saying? Like, you could say, okay, I, 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 I bought it, but. Who's going to verify that the money actually exchanged it? And 
Chris, let's and, do this. Let's create an investing from the beach NFT. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, do I'm going to create a little snippet of you and I, you know, I saying something which is incredibly hilarious and you laugh. Mm -hmm. Yep. And now we authenticate it and now we sell it to somebody. And that yeah. person tells us or tells everyone that, yeah, I spent a hundred grand for Hanson's incredibly sharp wit and yeah. I'm laughing at him. Yeah. <clears throat> and the payment never happened. Oh, we don't know. You know? But we don't guy, know. You don't know yeah. if the payment happened or not. But so now this And even happened. if it happened, who's to say, like, I, I sell it right back to you? Yeah, I understand. You know? And so when you when you start, just like, uh, and, and this helps you understand stock prices and how it gets manipulated too, is they'll initiate the first trade or whatever and, and push the, the stock higher and higher, bid it higher, bid it higher. And so what that does is it drives eyes. Hey, look at this thing moving. People get excited. They it's jump excitement. in. They start buying. Right. They start bidding this stuff up. And so while you have this, you know, euphoria that's going on, everybody's going to jump on it and talk about it because they, they they can make money off of this. And so a buddy of mine sent me this link to go, hey, you know, there's this NBA Top Shot opportunity for you to pick up some, you know, moments. Right. So they come up on this digital packs. It's like you're buying a pack of collecting you know cards and you can open them up and you know physically like go see what cards you got but this one is just a digital so you get this you know link and you click on it and it's a picture of a pack and then you click it and it opens up and it gives you you know three moments you can go you can hit play on and it gives you a short you know maybe three four five seconds of this clip of whatever the player is doing and that and you own that it's no different than, you know, you, you, you can just watch a ESPN clip or something or click on YouTube and watch a little video of whatever you want. Don't you feel but proud, says, Chris, that you own it? Yeah, it says you own it. And, you know, when you log into your account, you can click on these and you can, you know, it plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's the stupidest thing. And you know, But no, I Chris, paid, Mark Cuban I, I said it's $9, good. You know, plus tax, about $10 for these three moments. And they made it seem like it was so tough, like you got to get in line. So all these people are trying to get in line. So you, you get on this digital queue. And and then, you know, when I get get in and it says, eh, you have, uh, you know, 100, 200,000 people in front of you. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to wait here to see when am, I, when am I up to pay it for it. So they have a feature for me to put in my email and then they will send me an email when uh, when it's my turn. And apparently when it was my turn, they never sent me an email. When I got it, it was really late. But I, I was ch just checking or when I actually got the email, it's like, oh, it's over already. But I was able to log in still. Like my line was up. I wasn't there. So they passed me up. I was able to still click on it. And then when I clicked on it, um, hey, you know, uh, it, I was only there for a minute or two. They, get, they gave me a chance to buy it. So I was able to purchase it. So I was like, all right, let me just buy it and see. And I bought it. And that's what I saw. And uh I was like, okay, it's exactly as I thought it was. Um, and I did it for, let me, so I can share with you the experience and, and understand what really this thing is. And so when I went through it and it made me realize that, look, all these people who are jumping on it is because of greed. And when you build a product or a service, you have to build it for something that people want. Right. And so I'm thinking, do these do people really want to own these moments, these these, you know, thing that they call this theirs and or it's unique and all that. And the answer is 
maybe 1% of them, maybe, but 99.9% .9 of them or more is buying it because they want to make money off they it. They want to sell it. They want to buy it so they can sell it. And uh, I started doing a little research, and a lot of people complain that they cannot get their money. They can't sell it. Like even though the, your account says, oh, look at the value of your moments has gone up. Look at these. But when you try to sell it, you don't have buyers, and you cannot cash out. For those of you that are wondering, this is not what Chris was doing at 2.30 in the morning last night. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to turn your $10 into 12 <laughs> But so so this is like a fad, you know, like a euphoria, uh, you know, in this environment that we're in. You're going you're gonna to see more and more of stuff. Just like Dogecoin, somebody created a coin called Shiba yeah. Inu, which yep. is the dog that is the logo of Dogecoin. And so there was another coin created, you know, to take advantage of the, you know, the greed that's in the market so people can bid it up and they can make money off of it. And so you got to be aware what's going on uh, with, with, with the environment that we're in and don't get sucked up into the greed. Uh, invest and, um, you know, manage your money intelligently. Don't get sucked into the hype and the euphoria uh, at some point it will end, uh, but we don't know. It's hard to tell because uh, it's new. It's it's new, but also, you know, back. Remember, this is all driven by all the money that's being poured into the system. Um, I remember th this brings me back to like when I was that age, you know, nineteen, twenty years old, trading the stock market. I thought it was just it was so easy. That look at like look at all this money that's there. I was excited, right? Not knowing that I was in that environment. But yep. the difference between then and now, um, at that time when the economy, when the stock market started crashing, the government didn't come out and go, here's all this money and sending people paychecks. Yes. This is what they're doing today. And so that is continuing to Feel. you know, inflate the bubble. It keeps on inflating the bubble. And it's no different than, you know, when I'm, I'm thinking about Bernie Madoff and how he kept on going for like 30 years, I think, you know, because he kept on getting more and more people to buy in and using those funds to pay out. So he, in order for him to keep it going, he had to do the same thing as, you know, like to pump it up, pump it up, pump I'll it up. the next guy. Yeah. Until people are like, this is, no, this is not right anymore. And I can't get, I can't pump it up anymore. And so we will likely hit that point, you know, sometime in the future. It may be near, it may be longer, but we'll, 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 we cannot go at this pace. And so you got to be aware. And the rest of the world will no longer, you know, rely on the U.S. dollar if we keep on doing that. And so we're risking, uh, that status of having the U.S. currency as a reserve currency. And back then, we didn't have the technology or we didn't discover the technology of blockchain to be, to be able to introduce a reserve asset, you know, or digital asset that could be the reserve currency of the world. And now we do, and people are catching on. So you're seeing that, you know, people are buying up Bitcoin and holding. They don't want to sell, okay? 
And again, Chris, disclaimer, you know, you, we're not telling you to buy Bitcoin, right? No, and <laughs> but also, that's what people are doing. And also on the NFT thing, don't, don't view that as, our, as us saying NFT is a bunch of crap. Correct. It's it's more related to the the product of NBA, you know, the NBA Top Shot moments, right? That is using the technology of NFTs to create these products. That I don't see these products as a uh, a strong demand in the future, because for it to be a strong demand, or it needs to serve like some purpose, like people need to like it. So when I compare it to trading cards, people bought it back then because they liked the trading cards. You have a percentage of people who buy it to make money, but you still have a large percentage that buy it because they like it and they enjoy owning it. Today, most people are buying it because it's you know, something to I'm trade. About them. Yeah, it, the top <clears throat> shot uh, moments is because they want to trade and make money off of it. So un keep that in mind. This is a how to think. We're not in, again. We're mm -hmm. not here bashing NFT. There may be yeah. something for it, but just because you hear the word NFT, don't blindly go in and buy it. You oh, yeah, understand yeah. understand what's so, underneath. Yeah. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about NFTs, too. The significance of N NFT, the value of NFT, NFTs will be there. Um, and it's being applied in, you know, uh, digital art. You know, to a certain extent, there's value there. And to a certain extent, there's euphoria as well. But um, in the area of sports ticketing, right, yep. you have authentic, you know, like people have a problem with scalpers, right? Yep. And so uh, in, in the area of sports ticketing, that is actually, that, that's going to do well because it's authentic. You know you're getting an authentic ticket and people can't, you know, uh, uh, make and can't counterfeit. counterfeit it. Yep. Yeah. Fashion as well. And then in, in licenses and, and certifications and things like that, when you issue, like, you know, if I were to apply a job, how do you know I gave you a, you know, a, a showing you my diploma is legit. You have to invest it. You have to have a, a unit in the firm to co call the college or whatever, right? right? Uh -oh. To verify. So that's a lot of cost. Uh oh. So what's that? Oh man. People are gonna find out I really don't have an undergrad degree. I don't have yeah. a mass. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But you know how they have to verify that? They have to go through that, right? So there's a cost. Um but if you leverage NFTs and you can verify like just like that, that that's legit. And you, you just basically reduce a lot of the cost out of, uh, you know, uh, yep. those type of verification or of authenticity. Um, and people apply it into, you know, like for virtual worlds and gaming and, you know, all sorts of things. And there's going to be more use cases uh, that will come on uh, with NFTs. But it's one area of technology that is being built on, you know, blockchain. Right. And and a lot of it is being built on Ethereum today. And that's why you were seeing, you know, the demand for Ethereum has is, is, uh, increased so much. But that's NFT at, at, a, at a high level. Cool. Which was probably what we're going to title the show. So right at the end of it, we put what we said we're going to talk about. <laughs> so for those of you that stuck around this whole time and now you're pissed off, you had to listen to that and that's all we gave you. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's as much as we've jumped into. I just thought it was a hysterical story. Was Chris saying, "Yeah, I spent all this time." Looked, I was like, "Man, there's two hundred thousand people in front of me in line." It's like, "No, man, I ain't doing this for ten yeah. bucks." And then and when I, I got I, it, I get this little snippet of some guy dribbling the ball. Like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I, I had to refrain from using a lot of profanity on this. Uh... <laughs> we got to keep it clean. Keep it clean, yeah. <clears throat> 
All right. Anything uh, Anything else we want to cover? We've been going a long time. I get a couple of things where we can put on the next episode. I think we'll be cool. No, I think that's enough. I, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's really how to think about this whole environment that we're in, uh, just to kind of summarize and uh, to do, uh, you know, some research on your own to uh, be informed and be aware, have a plan in place and uh, have appropriate mindset around all this stuff that is enticing you. Um, you know, just, you know, with politics as well, with what's going on in government and our money system, uh, it's really to help you guys explore that and, uh, make a intelligent and sound decision, uh, around your actions in this environment. One of the things too, to keep in mind with that and say, well, you're saying I should only invest based on facts. Like, no, 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 you can, you can invest or trade based on an opinion. In fact, when you, when you are trading, you're, ba- you're basing it on an opinion. And there's nothing wrong with that, but don't confuse an opinion with a fact. If you want to make an investment decision based on an opinion, not a problem. But don't try and convince yourself that you're basing it on fact. And that's the big thing you want to, if you kind of take a, an overarching view on this, <clears throat> you know, us making our, our little dig on the NBA offering, you know, we're giving our opinion. It's a factual Correct. opinion based on that, but it is still an opinion. Now, does that mean that Chris will never buy another NFT from the NBA? Uh, I don't know if he will or not. He's definitely going to be a lot more skeptical, but that, <laughs> that won't stop him from buying an NFT, maybe looking at an NFT from something else right? as he gains more experience. Is he going to go out and put $180,000 on one of those? He's got enough experience. He's not going to do that. But might, might he take a flyer on something more than $10? He might. But again, he's doing that from with an experience with the eye and the mind or the mindset of an experienced trader, not somebody who's in there saying, "Hey, if I buy this thing from the NBA for ten bucks, maybe I could sell it for a million in three months." Yeah, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay a million for uh, the first uh, investing from the beach uh, uh, tweet. Perfect. And I have never tweeted, so I will take you up on that offer. Yeah. <laughs> it will be yeah, a long we'll time a coming. Unique- yeah, unique uh, ownership of that. In tweet. fact, you'll be able to get two tweets because it'll be the first and the last. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, it'll be even more rare. So yeah, scarcity exactly. drives up prices. <clears throat> you can you can sell it twice. Yeah. And I will and let you, you and resell I will be it. Only, only buyers and sellers. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So cool. As always, um, <clears throat> we know that if you put into practice what we talk about in this episode, in prior episodes, and in future episodes. Uh, we give you a lot of, in fact, I wish I would have had this kind of content when I was learning. This would have made life so much easier to be able to get to the point of reaching freedom. But if you'll put into practice what we talk about, educate yourself a little bit. It'll open yourself, open your world up to all kinds of incredible opportunities. Let me tell you, time freedom is an awesome, awesome, awesome spot to be. I would not trade it for anything is an incredible, incredible place to be. And whether you want to try and whether you wish to pursue that in the stock market, if you want to do it in real estate, if you want to trade NFT, go at it and go get it. Just whatever you do, work your butt off to get to freedom. It's a great, great spot to be. Um, As always, we appreciate you listening and we'll look forward to you next time. Take care. (music) 